One of the great things about doing this podcast is hearing from you, the listeners. It's great to hear from you from time to time about what resonates with you, what you find useful, and what's less so. One of my favorite pieces of feedback on the podcast came from a listener who said this, I love your podcast. You don't say very much. And that's true. But it's also intentional because I try to create space for our guests to be able to share with you their insights and wisdom, things that you'll find useful and helpful. But a few weeks ago, one of my clients said to me, well, I love the podcast, but I'd like to hear from you more. So I think there are some interesting things that you're thinking about and some things that catch your interest that others would want to hear. So from time to time, when I think there's something useful to share, I'll be popping in with these short episodes without a guest. And let me know if you find them helpful. Today's conversation will be about something that warrants your attention, and that is your attention. I'm sure you've had the experience where you're thinking about buying a new car, and suddenly you notice that car more and more, no matter where you go. And recently, in conversations I've had, things I'm reading, this topic of attention keeps coming up more and more, like that blue Tesla that you might be considering buying. It seems to be everywhere. People are writing and talking about attention, or so it appears to me. And there are some very different perspectives on the subject that might be of interest. So let me start with a conversation I recently had on the podcast with Ellen Langer. She's a renowned social psychologist who wrote the book on mindfulness and is literally referred to as the mother of mindfulness. Her new book is The Mindful Body. And she talked a lot and wrote about active noticing and how often we are going about some things, the opposite of mindfulness, mindlessness, and failing to really notice what's happening around us carefully. And that impacts a number of things negatively. She also talked about it leads us to to less critical thinking. And we're less likely to step back and challenge our assumptions, our beliefs, and in particular, rules or the way things are always done that actually may not be true or useful or relevant. And since reading her book and having the conversation with her, I've noticed that I tend to be noticing more things more actively. Things on my walks or when I'm driving, I will have the experience of noticing something, a house or a color house or some plants that I've gone past probably hundreds of times by now and never noticed until recently. So that's the first piece. How can active noticing be useful in your life? The second was an article I read by David Brooks, who really is coming out with a new book just now, just received it the other day, just started reading it. But this article was an excerpt in the New York Times. I'll have a link in the show notes, but it's titled The Essential Skills for Being Human. And he talked about attention in a different way. He talked about that he's noticed that there are two types of people, and they tend to interact with people very differently relative to what they pay attention to. The first group he calls diminishers. And these are people, he writes, that are so into themselves, they make others feel insignificant. They stereotype, they label. If they learn one thing about you, they proceed to make a series of assumptions about who you must be. Connection back to Alan Langer's points about of less critical thinking. In contrast, though, he has a second group of people that he calls illuminators. 
And they're really people that have a persistent curiosity about other people. So as opposed to the first group who focus on themselves, this group focuses on others. And he writes that they've been trained or have trained themselves in the craft of understanding others. They know how to ask the right questions at the right times. So they can see things at least a bit from another's point of view. They shine the brightness of their care on people and make them feel bigger, respected, lit up. Illuminators are a joy to be around. So I think that's the second question relative to attention. What's your attention on and what do you want to be on? Do you want to be on yourself? Do you want to be on others? How can we be better at being illuminators, having genuine curiosity about others and how things look from their point of view? David Brooks' new book, which just came out, is titled How to Know a Person, The Art of Seeing Others Deeply and Being Deeply Seen. So the third place where attention came across my radar recently was an unexpected one I think you might find interesting as well. It was a podcast conversation with Tim Ferriss, Tim Ferriss Show, great podcast. And the guest was Apollo Robbins, the world's most famous pickpocket. And he told this great story. It's a very long conversation. But then he told a great story of how he was entertaining a U.S. president and ended up pickpocketing the Secret Service detail. And again, great story. Very interesting. Interesting to know how pickpockets see things and how they operate. But the takeaway from that conversation for me was his point that attention is a limited resource. and magicians, mentalists, and pickpockets and thieves, think of it from the perspective of if your attention is on one place versus another, you can get people looking there, not here, and use that. So the question is, as consumers, where are we distracted? Where are we directed? How can you be in better control of your attention? I didn't think I'd ever be quoting a pickpocket on this podcast, but there you go. And a very different perspective and take on attention that can be useful. The fourth place that attention has been speaking to me recently is in my work as a coach. And two different ways here. The first is working with folks on the retirement planning, looking at the non-financial side of retirement. One of the questions I always ask is, what are your hopes and what are your concerns? It's a lot of fun to talk about hopes and dreams. What do you expect in this new phase of life? What are some of the things that you've always wanted to be planning for? And what would that look like? And great to hear people's explanations, their, their visions, their, their dreams on that. And then there's the flip side. What are you concerned about? What are the things that uh, you do need to pay attention to? So it's not about paying attention to one over the other, but it is looking at where, what's dominating your attention. There needs to be a balance there in those two things, in my experience, but it's easy to get caught up in one or another, and you don't see the full picture. The other related thing that I've noticed, and this came from my initial coach training at Columbia University, talking about gains and losses. And certainly, this is very relevant for those of you who are planning for retirement. There are a lot of gains in that phase of life. One being just freedom. You'd be able to have the freedom to do what you want, when you want, to, to a great degree. But there are also losses, and there are things like identity, status, structure. We've talked about these on the podcast quite some time. What I have noticed is sometimes people will get blinded by one of those two, gains or losses, 
and it prevents them from really seeing the other clearly. And you need to have a full vision on on each. And I've seen in particular, sometimes people get so caught up in the potential losses that they can get paralyzed and not really appreciate the potential gains that I had. So in those two cases, I think you want to have some balanced attention, but you want to focus your attention on what needs to be addressed. Sometimes that's addressing the problems, addressing the losses. Other times it's really exploring with some imagination what could be possible in terms of gains and your hopes. And the last example I'll end with is a story. And if you're like me, you come across these stories that everyone else has heard. But at least in my case, often I'm hearing for the first time. And it always strikes a chord with me. But others have heard the story 10, 20 times. This might be one if you've heard it before. Bear with me. You may hear something different in it now in the context of thinking ahead to your retirement. But I think it's really an interesting one about attention. And the story is about a Native American Indian chief and his grandson. He's teaching his grandson about life. And he explains to the boy that there's a fight that's going on inside of everyone. It's a terrible fight. And the best way to think of it, it's between two wolves. One is evil. Think angry, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority. Lies, false pride, superiority, and age, and ego. The other wolf, however, is good. He is filled with joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. That fight is going on within me every day, he said. And the same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person, too. His grandson was quiet for a moment, really thinking about and processing what he just heard. And then he asked, which wolf will win? And his grandfather answered, the one you feed. And that's a good place to end with takeaways. Number one, what are you feeding? Which wolf are you feeding? Which wolf do you want to feed? Where's your attention going that can fuel how you're feeling? Is it positive emotions you're leaning into? or are negative emotions drawing more of your attention? Can you switch? Number two, can you more actively notice? Are you like me walking by a certain thing, a building house hundreds of times and not noticing the particular color of this particular building or plants or other things you see in a walk, daily walk, that you're just going right by? What can you benefit by more actively noticing and questioning some of your beliefs, assumptions, and rules that may or may not be relevant and applicable. Number three, when you're dealing with others, are you a diminisher or do you want to be an illuminator? What's your attention on? Is it on you or is it on the other people with genuine curiosity? And finally, from our conversation that we listened to on Tim Ferriss' podcast with the world's most famous pickpocket, where are you getting distracted? by things in the media or other things going on around you? How can you take back control of your attention? Because it is a limited and precious resource. Thanks for listening to this different episode of the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. You can visit our website and browse all the episodes. You should also know, too, that in January, we'll be kicking off 2024 with another group program. It's a small group program, limited to 10 people. 
where we apply the design your life philosophy to your next phase of life. We're about two-thirds of the way through the current group, which kicked off in September, and looking forward to the new group in January. Again, limited 10 people. You'll find a link in the show notes where you can sign up, register, and get more information on the program and the cost. There is an early discount available for a limited time. Design your new life in retirement and take control of your future.